0: Welcome to the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Triple D Wine and Spirit Distribution and Rico's Cheese. Here's your host, Spicy Gumbo.
1: And we're back, podcast listeners. It is another Exciting season of fantasy football, and that would not be complete without the Taco Tuesday fantasy football league podcast. I am joined today by my guest. So as we finished last season, GH was my co-host, and GH is a very busy person in the South Texas community. And so he has agreed to come on as a guest today for my initial podcast, and I am excited to have him here. GH, how are you doing?
0: i'm doing well spicy gumbo how are you friend
1: i'm doing good so you're just a you're just a a busy guy around town so i'm 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 I'm, i am i'm blessed and honored that you will be the initial guest on our season four initial podcast and i look forward to having lots of fun tidbits throughout the season with you but you cannot unfortunately continue as my co-host and that is
0: okay yeah um I'm still happy to be here, but uh, you know, life kind of gets in the way at times. i got uh, two jobs, uh, four kids, a wife, and uh, a pantry <laughs> that seems never-ending on my uh, DIY project list. But nonetheless, still excited to be here, and I think we're going to have a, a fun season this year.
1: That's right. So um, for those of you who don't, G.H., H. H., he is uh, accomplished in the professional world. He has four kids, and he is an amateur carpenter um so he has (laughs) emphasis emphasis on amateur (laughs) semi-professional (laughs) <laughs> he, has a, he has this pantry. He's expanding. And I think it looks, it looks awesome, G.H. I, I've seen it. And um, so it's, it, it was I always tell him, this is bigger than my, my first college apartment in this pantry. I could sleep in here. You know, <laughs> 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 you know you're like, like I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you <laughs> know, totally tangent here. It wasn't planned on, but I've been kind of getting back into my, my zombie shows, Resident Evil. um has got a new show on Netflix. So I've kind of been watching. I used to be really big into The Walking Dead. And I left and I came back. If if there were like a zombie apocalypse draft of people who I would draft to be in my (laughs) post-op zombie community, GH, you're at the top of the list. You you know, medicine, you know, lots of things, you know, you got to build things, you would be at the top of my zombie apocalypse draft
0: yeah, and we could uh we could uh definitely bunker down in the pantry. I got a bunch of Rico's cheese in there, so <laughs> just going a bench out there. I'm I'm actually thinking about putting a TV in there too, so pretty much have just about everything we need.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like
0: we could we just bring in people that were like,
1: uh, we don't want the investment banker. Oh, that guy can is a plumber. We want him. You know, so like that. Exactly. <laughs> Guys that would help us out with those things. Okay. Anyway, we can go on and on and on about that. But um, as Gh mentioned, who doesn't like Queso or cheese sauce, depending where you're from. Rico's Cheese, our main sponsor, from cheeses, sauces, and chips to popcorn, Ringo brings you great tasting snacks for the whole family. Make sure to go to ricos.com to find out more. And... I love Rico's cheese. I, I know that you love Rico's cheese, so if Same. Wants more, <laughs> It's it's great stuff. So go to Rico's.com. Find out more about Rico's cheese. But as, as opposed to the talking about zombie apocalypses and cheese, this episode is going to be special. So for. Leagues out there. I know a lot. I think it was. I looked online at this point. 90% of leagues are drafting this weekend. We've already drafted, we're, we're a little ahead of the game. Um, but 90% of leagues draft this weekend. So, on this initial episode of the podcast, we are going to talk about my guys. And what my guys are are four guys that. I am absolutely not leaving this draft without. I'm going to reach for them. I may use a higher pick. Now, these are four guys that um, DHI believe will at least meet or exceed their ADP. Um, so reaching for them might not be the best strategy, but, you know, and it, it didn't work out for us when we go through this list for each of our, each of our guys. Um, it didn't re- work out for him and I, for a few of the guys, but... Um, I would at least reach maybe a round ahead for most of these guys, but you have to kind of, you know, temper your expectations as you start doing that. You know, go into the your, your draft with a plan, know who you're gonna draft and be able to pivot quickly if one of your my guys <laughs> gets sniped by someone else. So I'm gonna let you start off, buddy. Who give me give me one of your give me your number four guy, why you why you want him? Uh I think my number four
0: guy was I'm on Ross St. Brown, and um, i didn't I did not get him, unfortunately. and I wanna say dirty white boys got him if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, you know me, I'm a huge college football fan, and uh, St. Brown was really big in college. Uh, he's a big time receiver out of USC. Uh, he's a five star can not miss prospect. And, you know, there's there's exceptions to the rule, but usually when a kid is lights out in college, they go on and they have a pretty good NFL career. And, uh, you know, obviously there's exceptions to that, but usually that's the way it works. And uh, St. Brown was uh, a beast in college. Uh, and I think he's going to do the same with the Lions. You know, not exactly a potent offense, uh, but uh, still put up uh, decent numbers last year. And this year, I think he's going to take on a much bigger role. Um, i I. As much as I love anybody, I definitely don't want to overpay or overdraft. And, um, you know, I, I tried to squeeze another round out of it and uh, I wasn't able to get him. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a superstar in the league. And, uh, you know, that, that could start as soon as this
1: year. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. You're right, right. One of our other managers, Dirty White Boys, got him in the fifth round. So we have our, we're a keeper league, so those are our first two rounds. So Dirty White Boys got him in the fifth round. He is ranked 69th overall in Fantasy Pros and Yahoo. If you're using ESPN rankings, it may be a little bit different. Um, but he is wide receiver 30 off the board. Um, you're right. I think he is a sixth round pick, I think that's where I would have taken him. Um, You know, White Whiteboys reached, took him in the fifth round. There's a couple of things. First of all, I love the guy. Um, I don't know if you've seen the hard knocks the recent season. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Did you you see that scene where he's just listing off guys drafted in front of him? Like he just listed by heart. He knew exactly who they were. The guys all listed and who drafted in front of him. That's a hungry guy right there. That's that's what I mean. He's hungry. He's passionate. Like you know, you want that guy in a team, regardless of his physical attributes, which are phenomenal. He's a phenomenal football player. Um, You get that. You get that heart there. You get that passion for the game. So he is. He is a hungry guy. I I temper expectations um, with him just a little bit. You know. um, You know. Obviously, he has Jared Jared Goff throwing him the ball. So I, (laughs) anytime a receiver has Jared Goff throwing him the ball, um, you know, you're going to (laughs) see some some minor. But he had a great season last season. Jamison Williams is, is. there, um, and he's on the shelf right now. He's, um, I want to say he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season on the pup list, uh, so I don't know if that's going to hurt him a little bit when he comes off and starts playing. It's it's, it's, it's hard, to, hard to tell. It's really hard to see one of our guys took James Williams way back in the draft just as a dart throw, put him on the IR and let him sit there, but I, I, I agree. I think I'm on Ross ain Brown. Um, sixth round, definitely. Fifth round of, is a reach. Seventh round, if he is there, you take him.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: Um, for the number four guy on my list was, and I did not get this guy. Um, was Damian Pierce? Uh, so Damian Pierce, you know, just if um, if you guys drafted earlier in the summer and picked him up at RB RB eighty <laughs> five in the draft, you you did it well. But right now, I want to say he is running back thirty two off the board. He's going in the fifth round, sixth round of most drafts. I got to look. I I actually don't remember exactly where he's going right now, but he went in our late fifth round. I was I I, I put him as a. No, he went in the seventh round. I'm sorry. He went late in the seventh round. Mayday got him. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I really wanted him. <laughs> and she sniped him for me. Um, I ended up picking up Robert Woods in that round. Um, and for, for some reason, Robert Woods dropped that quickly. Um, so I was happy to pick up Robert Woods that round. I mean, I was really trying to shore up my... Running back room. Um, I won another running back, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. That's kind of what we talk about pivoting in the middle of a draft. Um, pivot somewhere else, and Robert Woods is right there. So I ended up taking, and he's got probably going to be wide receiver one on the Titans. Uh, but I really wanted Damian Pierce. I loved seeing him in um, college. You know, I mean, Burkhead's there. Burkhead might steal some pass downs from him, but he is by loads <laughs> better than. Uh, Marlon Mack, who is there right now?
0: Yeah, the Texans picked up uh, an offensive lineman uh, who I've loved forever. Uh, His name's Kenyon Green. If you get some free time, just go watch some clips online of him uh, in the preseason. Uh, Guy's just a mauler, a road grader. Uh, He's playing guard, but he can really play uh, tackle uh, all the way to center. Uh, But he'll he'll be a guard uh, most likely in the NFL. And I think he's going to open up uh, some good-sized holes uh, for Pierce. I think that was a good pickup. Um, and uh, I, th- I think the Texans are going to be a little bit improved this year. Um, um, I- at least I-, I think they'll exceed expectations, you know, probably not like a playoff team or anything.
1: Yeah, I think I saw the l- latest line on them is 4.5 as far as games won. I think they can beat that. I really do. Yeah, I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. I also think, well, here's the thing when it came to Pierce and me. like So Pierce is just climbing up the draft board right now and He's passing up guys like, you know, Godwin, Juju, um, Michael Thomas. These, he's just, he's leapfrogging these guys. And I, I I pause there because at some point, you know, how big is his, his upside on the Texans? Like, how his, his floor is going to be there. I really think his floor, like you said, I think he's got a, a relatively decent um, league average offensive line. They got a nice tackle. Um, but, you yeah, know, then I these guys that he's passing up, I'm all, uh, these guys have high upside. You yeah, know, their floor is lower, but these guys have high upside. So again, I think I think Pierce is a great eighth round pick if he falls to the ninth. Um, but don't reach too far from him and pick some guys that possibly have a little bit more upside with the teams that they're on in the better ecosystem of the team. So
0: Yeah, and just for real quick, uh, I don't wanna, you know, bog us down on the Houston Texans too quick, uh or too much, but uh you look at their first five picks in the draft. Uh I mean they just went Super all-American heavy uh, guys. They, they got Derek Stingley, the number one corner in the league. Then they went and got Ken Green, who I talked about. Uh, really good safety out of Baylor uh, named Jalen Petrie. Uh, and then uh, their their fourth and fifth picks, uh, they got John Mechie and Christian Harris, both out of Bama. Um, I mean, these are all-American caliber players. And and there, there's going to be some growing pains early, but I think those guys are all going to be on the field this year for them, and they're going to be much improved as a result.
1: I mean, I think they possibly could have drafted. I mean, at least a top three at each position in the draft. Po- definitely um, yeah. could have possibly po- top one. So I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, GH. Like that. I, I like I like where Texans are going. I'm a big Lovey Smith fan. I've always loved Lovey Smith since this, his Bears days. Great coach, very defensive minded coach, but I think they got some nice tools to offense as well. So we'll see. We'll see about these Texans. Okay, go with go, give me your number three guy. Who's your number three? Um, uh, number three, I think was Garrett
0: Wilson. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, it, and you got him from me. Uh, good job there. Um, again, another guy I thought I could have got uh, around later, but uh you know I, I misjudged that by a round. Um, so same same theme here. You know, I'm not I'm not a complicated person when it comes to to the draft. You know, obviously the known commodities are going to go early. You know, because people know what they're going to get out of them. You know, but every year there's a good number of guys who kind of burst onto the scene and uh, they pick up right where they left off in college. And uh, I think Garrett Wilson's going to be one of those guys. Um, Again, another uh, five-star prospect. He he was actually out of Texas, chose to go to Ohio state and just killed it in Columbus. Uh, He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's blazing fast runs fantastic routes and his hands are second to none. He'll catch anything within his radius. And, um, uh, you know that the big question mark for me is going to be where he's at. He's at the, the Jets, and I think uh, their quarterback's injured. Yeah, and, Zach Wilson's uh, on
1: the shelf for at least four weeks with a knee injury,
0: so they're going to have Joe Flacco thrown to him. So yeah, yeah. So you know, what what kind of offensive line is is Flacco going to have? What kind of uh, rapport is Flacco going to have with Garrett Wilson? Um, I think I think Wilson's one of those guys where it doesn't matter as much just because he's so good. You know. Um, But there's going to be growing pains there with the new quarterback, new wide receiver combination. Um, But I definitely think he was worth taking a gander on as late as he went in the draft. Um, I I really wish I could have got him. Uh, Like I said, I just judged one round too late.
1: Uh, like like GH said, like him and I are always on the same path looking for that dart throw at the end who have a lot of high upside. And I, I and I love the, love the kid in college. I always used to watch him um, play to Justin Fields, who I'm a big supporter of as well, um, up in Ohio State. Uh, like you said, he's not very big. He's six foot, um, 192. Yeah, I, I put him in that like Stefan Diggs size receiver. Great hands, good moves. I mean, I think he can be a Stefan Diggs style receiver. Good separation in the red zone. Um, yeah, like, like you said, he was the... I want to say the 10th overall pick. You may have mentioned that, um, but the 10th overall, and you got you to gotta think of the Jets. You, you, that's what you say. You got to temper your expectations with the Jets, but if you're going to take a receiver 10th overall in the first round and not play them, I mean, what is going on there? They have a they have a pretty deep receiver room. Um, they have, you know, um, Elijah Mitchell. I'm mean, not Elijah Mitchell. Um, Elijah Moore and um, – that uh, Corey Davis, um, Barrios. So they have a pretty pretty good receiver chops there. But I just think if you're going to take a guy, first round, 10th overall, great upside, great hands, like you said, I, I don't see him not getting on the field and getting himself upside. Plus, you can get him. I think in, in fantasy pros, he's coming off as wide receiver 48. You can basically get him for free if yeah. people don't know him. That's the thing. If people don't really know who they're looking for. You can get this guy for free. Unfortunately for GH, I was looking for this guy and I, I wanted to kind of take him, like you said, around around 15, 16 around that area. But I just knew he wasn't going to last that long. So I actually reached a little bit around 13 and got him. That's
0: a good pick, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So I guess back to me now. So, um, um, I, I, this, this guy, like literally I, I, I was watching him in the queue of the draft. He was creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. And I don't know why he fell so much. And I'm thinking of this ecosystem he's in um, Marquise Brown. Um, I picked him up in the eighth round um, in our draft. And I think he is going to be the guy, at least for right now, in the, Arizona. Like, I don't see anybody else right now catching the ball. We have Hopkins on the shelf. They have who else? Uh, Rondale Moore, uh, I, AJ Green. You know, I don't know that guy's still playing. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I, and Kyler Murray is just the, the beautiful, you know, bomb thrower of a quarterback. And I think Marquise Brown is the kind of guy that go and get this. I just, I just, I I love the pick in the eighth round. I I think he should have gone in the seventh round, but I let him go, and he came around back to me in the eighth round, and I snapped him up. Yeah, uh,
0: Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, stud out of Oklahoma.
1: I think uh, there was
0: some issues uh, personality wise up in Baltimore, uh, but uh, definitely think he's worth a gamble where he got him for sure with Kyler. Uh, he'll he'll be the number one wide receiver at least until Hopkins comes back. Uh, I think there's uh, maybe low floor, but I think high ceiling. Um, And uh, I definitely think he was a steal where he got him.
1: Yeah, it's that's 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 probably. I think he's he was wide right receiver 23, um, overall rank of 56. So I mean he's going late fifth in most rounds, and that I picked him up in the eighth. I was like, yes. So I was like, and yeah. I think I, I think you I think you I think you read it perfectly. I think when his last couple of seasons in Baltimore, you know they didn't go so well. A few of our a few of our Managers in our league, you may have the same in your league listeners where, oh, this guy didn't do, do great in Baltimore. He had a great quarterback. What was going on? I'm not going to draft him. I'm going to pick a couple of guys that are around him instead. You know, Darnell Mooney, Jerry Judy, Rashad Bateman. I'm going to pick these guys up instead. And I just think, like, I think those guys may have a safer floor, but they don't have the upside Marquise Brown does, especially if you can get them anywhere after the sixth or seventh round. So,
0: yeah, I agree.
1: Awesome. All right. Number three, buddy. Who you got? Um, oh, or you're, or you're number two. You're number two guy.
0: Okay. This one is, I think it is Jalen Waddle.
1: That's him. Um,
0: so hot take here. Uh, I, I think two is better than just about everybody gives him credit for. Um, and I, I think all that's been missing is just getting the pieces around him. Uh, and I think they've done that for sure this year. So obviously Tyree kill was the big addition down there in Miami. And so now you're going to pair Waddle with uh, Tyreek Hill. And uh, I, I, again, I think Tua is a great quarterback. Waddle was just like Garrett Wilson. He's a five-star wide receiver out of Texas. I think he was from Houston and uh, went to Bama, lit it up there, uh, got injured late, uh, but still has looked good coming off his injury from college. And uh, I think he's one of the most electric wide receivers in NFL football. I I think the only question mark is the quarterback, you know, or are they going to have a good connection there and uh, definitely willing to take that bet uh, just because of how electric he is. And, you know, in our league, we get bonus points for 40 yard receptions and 40 yard touchdowns. And, uh, you know, again, Waddle's an electric guy. He can house uh, just a simple three yard slant and, um, uh, and kickoffs and punt returns as well If he's utilized back there. Uh, he's just one of the most dangerous guys in the league. And um, uh, I, lo- I love that I was able to get him.
1: Yeah, I think he picked him right at his ADP. I want to say you got him in the fourth round. Um, he comes off in the fourth round. He's um, 42 overall, um, the 18th receiver off the board. He goes around guys like McLaurin, um, Brandon Cooks. Um, Deontay Johnson's a little in front of him, so I think I think you picked a, you picked him right at his ADP. I think you got a great pick. I personally think, again, this might be a hot take, um, that he will be the wide receiver one on that team. I, I really do. I even even with Tyreek Hill there, I do think Jalen Waddell has more upside, more tools, and maybe not the cheetah speed that Tyreek Hill has, aka the cheetah, uh, but I do think that the the overall tools that he has is going to make him a better overall bet as a receiver in that system, which is pretty good. I think the Dolphins actually are a playoff caliber team, especially with all the help they got at running back now with Chase Edmonds. So, and I think they have they have Moser as, their, as his backup. You know, I think Moser, if he can stay healthy too, it's just going to help the passing game a lot. And I think Tua is a little bit better than people think he is.
0: Yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to uh, surprise some people this year. And um, uh, just give them a little time. Give them a little time to gel with all these new pieces. Uh, I think they'll surprise.
1: Agreed. Okay, so who was my next guy here? Oh, it was my guy a Rob Alan Robinson II? Uh, you know, previously with the terrible Bears, now with the Los Angeles Rams, I had to have this guy on my team. I think I got him. Let me see where I got him at. I got him late in the fifth, uh, which is kind of a little a little past. I think he's probably a. Uh, four or five turn guy, so I, I think I got him at a pretty good, he's wide right receiver at 22, he's coming off after Jalen Waddell, he's coming after um, DK Metcalf, he's coming after Brandon Cooks, uh, so I, th- I think he's dropping a little bit on the board. Um, here's here's the thing, that, I, that the big argument I have with Allen Robinson, you know, he's entering, I want to say season seven or season eight of his career. He's actually younger than Cooper Cup, and he's had I don't know, was it Blake Bortles and, and Mitch Trubisky throwing to him his whole career? And he still posted thousand yard seasons with those guys. Um, I think he's going to be in a better ecosystem with the Rams. I think he's going to be a red zone threat and hot take, hot take before the season, GH. I do think Allen Robinson is going to be the overall wide receiver one on that team. I really do. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I I can see it for sure. He's uh you know when when he plays a full season,
0: he goes over a thousand yards. Uh, so um yeah, I I I think I think he's a high floor, high ceiling guy, and um you know I I think Cooper Cup personally is uh gonna be uh you know number one there, but uh, you can't go wrong with as much as they throw the ball. You know, um I think even even being a wide receiver two on that team is gonna Pay off mightily, especially where you got him in the draft.
1: Yeah, so that, that that's exactly. what I was going to mention in GH. So let's say Cooper Cup is wide receiver one. It definitely could be. I'm I'm definitely a hot take guy. I like taking the underdog. And let's say Al Robinson is wide receiver number two. So basically, you're paying wide receiver number one price for Cooper Cup, which is first round, um, easy first round stuff. You know, like top five, or you can go, you know, maybe <laughs> ten points fewer total for your fantasy team and get. Allen Robinson at pick 53 route receiver 22, you know? So I, I, I want to say that both those guys could possibly have really great seasons. I think they're gonna be pretty close. Cooper cup may be a little bit ahead. Allen Robinson may be a little ahead, but it's kind of like, where do you want to invest your money? You always want the high upside guy. Like you said, I think Allen Robinson where he's being drafted right now, you know, you know, t- towards the beginning of the fifth, uh, end of the fifth, I think is a great place to get him. I agree. Okay. Your number one guy, I, I I put him on my list because I was I was gunning for him in the draft and I did not get him. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> yeah, so
0: my uh, my theme of uh, of this draft was don't draft a quarterback too high, and uh, ended up drafting the quarterback uh, higher than I wanted. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's a guy I've had a man crush on for years now. It's Joe Joe Burrow. Uh, one of Heisman at LSU, probably had the most prolific offense in college football history that, that season uh, for the, the Tigers, and, uh, and has completely turned around the Bengals. Uh, was, was starting off uh, as a great uh, rookie year until his injury, and then uh, all he does in his second year is take the Bengals to the Super Bowl, uh, threw, threw for 4,500-plus yards, over 30 touchdowns. Uh, the guy's just a menace out there. And uh, I don't know, it's, it was hard for me to kind of envision my team without him. I had him last year and he was superb uh, all season for me. And um, uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe it, but you know, I was singing the praises of the Bengals offense all year last year. I think I had three or four guys uh, starting on my team uh, for them. And I was able to get uh, him and Mixon uh, this year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any of the wide receivers. Uh, but I think they're gonna have one of the top offenses in the league, and I think uh, all that's gonna center around. Uh, Burrow himself. And, um, uh, you know, you know, one of the big, biggest reasons I, I think I kind of overreached for a quarterback early was just just because I had the benefit of having a bunch of early picks. So I was able to fill out uh, a bunch of need positions, especially at running back early. And, uh, so I had a little bit more flexibility to to make a move like that. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't have done it. You know, I, I think, I think if you, you would have waited on a quarterback until very late in the draft, I mean, like the 10th best quarterback was. Probably an amazing guy, you know, and uh, um, but uh, again, I I had that benefit of the early picks and I kind of made the move and I got the guy I wanted,
1: yeah. So you picked him up in the sixth round, so you picked him up at pick number 70. You're currently going at pick 77, QB7 over. So, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I twisted the screws a little bit on um, people because I was a very different strategy. I, I'm like you. I typically draft a quarterback late. I was going to go for – and QB Tim, by the way, is Dak Prescott. Um, so I was going to go late. I was gonna go, I was gonna actually going to go past Tim. I was like, oh, I'm going to pass Russell Wilson. I'm going to pass Dak Prescott. Um, I'm gonna pick up you know Derek Carr or you know who would perfectly fine quarterbacks. It's probably had a great year. But I was all, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna twist the screws a little bit on my fantasy team because I like you. um, so we had our keepers round and high up. those were all taken. So technically, um, GH had two third round picks, two fourth round picks. I had two fourth round picks, two fifth round picks. So, from stuff we traded last year. So, basically, the way it worked out was um, Justin Herbert fell into my lap right there in the fourth round. So, I took him. And then in the sixth round, Jalen Hurts was right there. And I knew there was a manager made it right after me. That I was. Kind of talking about Jalen Hurts, so I was like, "Yep, I'm going to take him too." Um, so I picked up two top six quarterbacks, <laughs> and probably everybody listening right now, Spicy Gumbo, what a jackass you are! <laughs> picking up two quarterbacks, I high. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to see if it works out. I'm trying something totally different. I used to be, I'd pick up a late round quarterback and then like QB 32. You know, <laughs> I would have ended up with <laughs> Derek Carr, Ms. Trubisky on my team as my quarterbacks. And you know, the past this is our fourth year of doing this league. And um, I wanted to pick up different quarterbacks. So, and then Joe Burrow was right there. So I really, I, I knew right after Jalen Hurts was Joe Burrow, and I knew that if I twisted the screws on Jalen Hurts, someone was going to take Joe Burrow early, or he was going to fall down. So I think I may I may have twisted you a little bit, <laughs> make picking a little that. bit early because I was I was picking up quarterbacks early. But uh, but great pick. I, I agree. I, th- I think the Bengals overall are going to have probably. Number number two offense in the league, maybe three, definitely top five, and their offensive line got healthier. They got they picked up another guy on guard, and like I just think that 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 offense, like you said, is just phenomenal. Everybody on that offense is great. <laughs> There's no weak spots in that offense. You, know, you can't throw it to you know T Higgins, throw it to Jamar Chase, or dump it to Mixon. You know, I mean, just across the board. The offense is phenomenal, and their defense is pretty good too. They're not my pick to win the AFC, and um, we can talk about that later. But I, I do think they're going to get pretty high. In the, in the Hearing
0: you say Burrow was QB seven just boggles my mind. You know, I mean, yeah. just, just think think back a couple years. Like, could anyone even imagine the Bengals in the Super Bowl? And um, uh, again, it's just it's a byproduct of of uh, of how good uh, Joe Burrow is. Everything starts with him, and uh, you know, if I was if I was an NFL general manager and I was drafting a team uh, I would take him first overall, if I could choose anybody in the league. Uh, I think he, I think he's that good. Um, and, and, you know, another thing that was kind of crazy to hear you say is Dak being QB 10. Um, again, just for the proof. I mean, you just wait and pick up somebody super late and uh, still get a very quality prospect. Um, you know, Dak. you know, he lost uh, his offensive tackle and uh, there may be some offensive line issues for protection. Um, and then they lost Amari Cooper as well. Another weapon for him. Uh, I've, I've got CeeDee Lamb. So I've, I've got some concerns about, uh, you know, their relationship and ability to get the ball, etc. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of scary for me taking CeeDee Lamb as my first pick. Um, but it, again, it just kind of shows, uh, how much quality there is at quarterback in the draft I and mean, you a wait until super late and get somebody really, really good like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, you 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 wanna wait on QBs, but I and the reason and that we're going off a tangent here off Joe Burrow to other QBs now, the reason I picked Justin Herbert, you know, so early in in our draft was I, I've never had an elite QB on my team before. I've never been an elite QB guy in our in our league. GH knows <laughs> that. Um, but I really think, and again, this is probably another hot take. Um, you guys can come back to this podcast and ridicule me later. I think Herbert's gonna be the number one overall. I really do. I was watching his his um, OTAs, watching his spring training, watching him at uh, the few snaps he took, and other players were saying the same thing. I mean, he's got like that Dan Marino laser throw down the field. You got Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray that do those boom balls, and they're great moon ball throwers, but I mean, I was just watching this guy throw the ball, like laser 60 yards down the field, like right into the hands of his receiver. I'm all, this guy is really good. So <laughs> that's why I took him so high, but I think you're right. The, the, opposite, the, the, the flip side of that is um now i'm missing a, a really quality guys right around him you know i'm missing i, I wanted brandon cooks and i opted for justin herbert probably, i probably if jalen wade had fallen to me i would have picked him over justin herbert so it's kind, it's kind of a missing catch but i think you picked you, you, I think you picked Burrow at an ADP he can reach. I mean, you picked him up in the late fifth. I think he's, or you picked him at six. He was a, a, a seventh round guy, but I think you, I think he's going to exceed those expectations. The one, the one thing I will say about Burrow, though, I'm going to tell all my, we did a little research. Burrow had more rushing yards in his rookie campaign of ten games than he did all of last year in seventeen games, and he had more rushing touchdowns too. Uh, so uh, it's it curb your expectations with his rushing, but I think his passing is going mean, to be more than make up for it.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy having an elite quarterback on the team in the sense that, you know, when, when you have those crazy 50, 55 point weeks, you know, it just so it makes up for so much other nonsense that's going to happen on your team. You know, you're going to have a total dud, an injury, something random, etc., And an elite quarterback uh, that's pumping in 55 points covers up uh, so many flaws. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for you. I think it'll be a good strategy this year and I'm excited to see
1: how it works out. Yeah, case in point, old friend. I mean, I wake up this morning, and God bless this guy. I hope he pulls through. I am a Brian Robinson drafter, listeners. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, poor guy gets shot, like, attempted carjacking. At least that's what's going on in news right now. So my first injury already happened. I wasn't even on the field. So <laughs> we'll see. It's, that's, that's what happens in fantasy football. But as a human, I really hope he's okay. From what I hear from reports, um, Ron Rivera went to the hospital, and he's going to be fine. He's talking. He's a good spirit. So he actually might even get back to play some football this year. We'll see. He, that's what that's what he once says. It says. says the the uh, GSWs were non life threatening. You know that he's already you know awake and coherent. So hopefully he does well, and I, I wish the best for him. But yes, my fantasy football team, which was already light at running back, is now even lighter. So we have to fill that up with some elite quarterback play. Okay, my number one guy. Let's go to my number. We've my number one guy. I, I knew going into the draft, I was like, I'm going to have to take this guy. He is just climbing up the draft board. Um, Travis Etienne Jr. Um, Jacksonville. I love this guy um, in college. I loved him playing with um, Lawrence in college. This guy just did did phenomenal things. He got hurt last year with a Liz Frank injury. Um, Comes back this year I do think that if I picked him up I want to say say what did why did I get him at? I got him late in the fourth. Um, so actually he fell a little bit because right now he's RB17 35th overall and a 12 team league he should go late third I got him in the fourth. Um, so that being said, I, I think he's gonna exceed that ADP. The only reason I say that is you know they have Robinson there um, and he's coming off. That Achilles injury. I'm not a. I'm not a big believer of running backs coming off Achilles injuries. Look, I have a poor Marlon Mack. He's down there limping around in Houston. He's not never going to be the same kind of running back. Uh, and I do think that even though James Robinson, I love him. I love his story. He's pounded it out a couple years there in Jacksonville. He number one. He's not really part of that. That system. He's the guy from the old regime, and they went, and went forward with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, that kind of offense that's there. And I just, I just, I, I like his explosiveness. I mean, he just, he's great in the open, making guys miss. I mean, great receiver, great between the tackles runner, great in the red zone, great hands. I mean, there's nothing I didn't like about this guy when I was watching him. So don't pick too high for him. I mean, if you're reaching. Early third round, um, I think I think you're reaching a little bit. I mean, get a Michael Pittman or, um, you know, someone else a little bit more upside. But I, th- I think if he drops to late third round, early fourth round, I think he's a great pick. Yep, I
0: agree. Uh, I wanted him. And uh, another guy you sniped from me, uh, really good player, uh, had great connection with Lawrence uh, and Clemson. And now they're back together again. Uh, catch the ball well out of the backfield. Uh, little known fact, Urban Meyer actually moved him to wide receiver when they first got him. Uh, everything <laughs> about Urban was a disaster. Uh, obviously, Etienne is a running back. But again, he catches the ball well of the backfield. There's no doubt about that. But you want that guy in the backfield, and you want him touching the ball at least 15 to 20 times a game. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a beast for you. I think he'll put up some really good numbers. And uh, I think Jacksonville is going to be another uh, improved uh, team this year. Yeah, who's the
1: coach down there right now? GH is a uh, um, Doug Peterson. He's a he's Jacksonville coach.
0: I will take your word for it, my friend. I
1: think so. I think he is the Jacksonville coach right now, and I I was researching it because, uh, yeah, he's the uh, he's the head coach of Jaguars. I, I, I was making sure that I had that right. So I just like the offenses he ran in Philadelphia with those passing running backs and those the the, the offense that he ran um, was phenomenal. Uh, so I think I think the offense is gonna be the same. I don't think Robinson's gonna be back at full caliber. Definitely not early in the season, and I think even mid season. I mean, coming off an Achilles injury late last season, I just don't see how much production he'll get. They'll probably put him in there as a bruiser every once in a while. But yeah, I, I'm I love that pick, you know. <laughs> and I take all these these eight guys that we talked about with the grain of salt. Everybody's like, oh, great eight picks, barring injury. You know, it's like I think everybody if, if if injury wasn't in the in the in the cards, everybody would pick CMC as an overall pick all the time. So, but you know, injury happens. So take these with a grain of salt. These are eight guys that G H and I some, sometimes you got them, sometimes you didn't. But going into your draft, have a plan for guys that you really want. You may not be able to get them, but be able to pivot and aim for those guys because you'll be a happier, a happier manager overall. Like you, you never want to go, you know, sitting at your team and look, look at the end, and you're like. Eh. (laughs) like just looking at your team you want you want a team you're gonna be happy with so if you have to reach a little bit for guys you want i always recommend doing that
0: i i uh on that note uh i've drafted raheem Mostert three years in a row uh I i i don't think he's played more than one and a half games in a season uh but i'm still banging my head against the wall and uh i drafted him again this year granted i got him super super late but uh uh, if he can stay healthy, I mean, just one of the most electric guys in the league. Uh, just, uh, I hope, pray the guy can, hopefully a new start for him in Miami is, is uh, what the doctor ordered.
1: <laughs> As a, Christian McCaffrey owner of the past two seasons. I empathize with you, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, you made the right
0: decision. You uh, you uh, didn't uh, select him uh, for a third time in a row. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you learned your lesson.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he, I, I could have kept this one of keepers. I opted not to. I kept uh, Najee Harris and Devontae Adams. So again, uh, let's, see, let's see what happens with our season. So those are eight guys, listeners, that we want you to know. Those are some guys that we really tried to pick at or below their ADP. Sometimes we waited a little bit too long we didn't get him but hopefully this helps your drafts coming up what 90 percent of of yahoo nfl sleeper guys are drafting this weekend so good luck to you the drafters but um gh you know what time it is you know what time it is buddy four questions four questions time yes So, listeners, this is your first podcast. Uh, oh, we love talking football, but um, one of the things I love doing, just bring on some fun general trivia for my guest, whoever it may be. The trivia can be all over the board. Um, geography, history, 80s, sports. And uh, Rico's donated another prize pack this year with some Rico's popcorn. Thank you, Rico, so much for our league winner of our four questions this year. So, G.H., are you ready for your four questions? Let's do it. Okay, number one. <laughs> which I have a presidential trivia here, buddy. Which Washington Presidential Memorial in D.C. had the most visits since 1997? I'll give you a There's eight of them. So there's <laughs> there's eight of them there. So which one had the most visits? You have a one in eight chance.
0: I'm gonna say. I think I've missed every single presidential trivia question uh, (laughs) you've ever asked me. So uh, keeping in theme, I'm going to say probably Lincoln. Hold on. Hold on. Lincoln
1: Memorial. (laughs)
0: Yeah, let's go with Lincoln Memorial.
1: Lincoln Memorial is number two. It was the FDR Memorial, surprisingly enough, the most visited (laughs) Memorial in Washington, D.C. I was surprised here. 1987 was kind of the clue because if you went overall, like since it was erected, you would probably have been Lincoln or Washington or Jefferson because those have been around longer. But FDR Memorial, the single most visited Memorial since 1997. Good fact. Okay, number two, geography. You should get this one. What chili loving U.S. states... Official state question is red or green?
0: I think that's gotta be New Mexico. Give me this again. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, New Mexico. (laughs)
1: It's New Mexico. (laughs) I had to get a GH from New Mexico. So I was like, if he doesn't get this one, we're just gonna stop with the four questions here. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the hatched chilies, uh, that's where it's at, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I wait for a hatch season down here in South Texas. You can go to your grocery store here, and there's all over the place. And usually, there's a big like hatch chili roast, and um, and you can go to New Mexico, and it's even bigger there. So yes, New Mexico, one for two, buddy. Nice job. <laughs> all right, '80s trivia coming at you. Number three: Who became the only artist, other than Elvis and the Beatles, to have a number one single album? And movie at the same time, and this happened in 1984.
0: Number one single and uh, number
1: one movie. Single album and movie at the same in the same week, and it happened in 1984.
0: Um, I'm going to think about this way too long, so I'll just say David Bowie.
1: David Bowie is incorrect. Good guess. Um, Prince. Uh, Uh, Prince was the answer. Lindov's Cry, Purple Rain, um, Purple Motorcycle, um, all those things that he did back in the early 80s. Yeah, Prince was what I was going for. It's okay. You'll get this last one. This one, this is a baseball question. Kind of escaping the football, going to baseball now. (laughs) What major league player logged the highest ratio of homers for at-bats in the 20th century.
0: Highest ratio of homers at-bats and since when?
1: In the 20th century, so nothing past like the year 2000, so before the year 2000.
0: Okay. Uh, It's got to be like Bash Brothers. I'm going to go with uh, Mark McGuire.
1: Mark McGuire is correct. Nice what? job, buddy. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like he is. him there. Him or
1: Bonds? But, Bonds. Uh, those uh, only two. I think Bonds or, or possibly Babe Ruth. Um, you know, I I, I don't even know how many bats Babe Ruth had. So, uh, but yeah, it was Bonds or, or McGuire. I, maybe you could have tossed in Sammy Sosa there, but uh, but no, Mar- Mark McGuire is the right answer. Two for four on your four questions for your inaugural time buddy nice job appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome so um i'm coming to the end of my segment with dh here so gh do you want to leave any parting words for our listeners who may be drafting this week um
0: stay on top of uh the trades this year uh i feel like that's something we kind of slack on as a league i think we could be doing a little bit better there just keep an open mind to trades And then also, uh, picking up guys off the waiver wire, just going to be ready monitoring the games, ready for that. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be on top of that every week talking about guys, uh, that everyone should be looking for. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in for that. And then, uh, just final note, uh, Rico's cheese, uh, if you're not, uh, partaking, you should immediately. My favorite, uh, Rico's cheese is age condensed, uh, (laughs) I water it down just a little bit. Uh, it's it's concentrated, so it's okay if you do that. Add a little bit of jalapeno juice, and it's ready to go. Um, yeah, that's, m- that's my favorite uh, game, t- game day go-to. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. See, so that was an unscripted live read for Rico's on our podcast today. Nice job, buddy. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay, so um, GH, thank you for being here with us today. I'm going to bring Lady Grey on in a little while, but you take care of yourself, and good luck the rest of the season. Okay, friend. You have a good one. All right. Take care. And we're back. So this is where I wanted to put in a Lady Grace segment that we had already recorded. Unfortunately, when I went to editing and post-edit and all the fun stuff that I have to do, It was a little choppy. Um, The sound quality wasn't that great. So I am going to get Lady Grey on here at a future episode, guys. I do promise. And hopefully she'll come back on, but she will. But I hope that the conversation that I just had with GH really helped you nail your fantasy drafts this upcoming weekend. Again, these are just eight guys that we feel will meet or exceed their ADP guys we really didn't want to do the draft without. It didn't work out and some some people were looking for the same guys and they sniped them from us. So, but hopefully our information helps go and kill your drafts this weekend. And if you could all do me a favor, wherever you are listening to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, like, follow, subscribe. Whatever it is, it really helps us grow our small but very strong and devoted fan base. Any kind of like or follow does help us out. But on that note, we will bring this podcast to a close. Thank you to GH, my guest. Thank you to our sponsors. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners. You are why we do this. This is the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football League Podcast. Spicy Gumbo, signing off.